Hello and welcome. I'm Metal. And I'm Scott, and you're listening to Podcastman.exe, a podcast detailing our journey through the Mega Man Battle Network anime. Check in, Podcastman, power up! So, this is the episode that Dr. Hikari didn't want us to record. Yeah, uh, so, hi listeners, I know, it's been a while. Um, we've kind of had, like, fate working against us. Fate and bad timing for a combination of, like, me being on vacation and poor, poor Scob here having a really nasty case of strep. It was horrible, and we couldn't record for a while, and then today we tried to start recording, but all sorts of hiccups kept on happening, so I blame Dr. Hikari. And... Yeah. Oh, and, and, on top of that, this is the second time we're recording this pair of episodes, because we had originally recorded before I left on vacation, before Scott got strep, and so it was, like, weeks later, when I, when I was, like, thinking about the next episode, when I was kind of like, wait a minute, I don't know if I ever posted those, that last recording we did, oops, and, like, uh, it had not been edited, but so I was available, and like me and Scott were going to be like, "Oh, I can edit, I can edit," and then we realized neither of us had like a working raw recording. I downloaded the raws as an Audacity product, and they opened up corrupted, absolutely unusable. I guess I like didn't think to download my own copies of of the raw wave files. Which is, like, I am very upset with myself. So, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be our second time recording this. And you know what? It could be worse. This is at least an interesting pair of episodes to talk about. It is, it is. And it's, uh, like, I'll just say it right off the bat, this is going to be a brutal pair of episodes, kind of, emotionally. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, just, uh... If you recognize the song that we're going to play at the beginning of this, then you know exactly where it's going. Oh boy, I can't wait to learn what that'll be after the fact. <laughs> Sometimes I turn into a gremlin. Sometimes- this is true. Sometimes you too <laughs> turn into a fucking gremlin. I want to say to start off that, interestingly enough, uh, in the dub, this starts off with not a last time on Mega Man NT Warrior, but today on Mega Man NT Warrior. Yes, we open with a recap or like or like a preview of what's to come in this next episode, interestingly enough. They want you to know it's going to be a very special episode. You see, Proto Man is going to take too many amphetamines in order to study for the final. He's so excited! What are you fucking talking about? Oh, okay. So back when I was young, which is uh -huh. 10 years before you were young or more, uh -huh. there was a show called Saved by the Bell. And oh, okay, yeah. They would have very special episodes, such as one where Topanga takes too many amphetamines studying for a test, and she's so excited! She's so excited! What? That's like, they have an episode where someone takes meth to study? It was either meth or it was called coffee but meant to be meth. Wow. Hey, Edit Base Gob here. The uh, truth of the matter is that it was Caffeine Pills, and her name is Noctopanga. That was the other sitcom of the day. Her name is Jessie. Anyway, here's Jessie with her stunning Emmy-worthy performance of I'm so excited! Jessie, hey! Hey, just calm down. It's okay. You're right. Okay. Everything will be okay. Yeah. I just need one of these. Pills? You mean you really are taking drugs? I need them. Jesse, give me those. I need them back! I have to sing! Jesse! You can't sing tonight! Yes, I can! I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I'm so scared! Okay. <laughs> well, we certainly don't have 
an episode that uh, special ahead of us. To be fair, uh, this this uh, I guess preview does not give away anything we don't know what's coming because we know at this point that we're finally going to have these idiot boys have their idiot fight and this whole tournament arc is going to come to a close. It's even called the final battle's end. We're we're almost there. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, everybody. We get to open on a nice, wholesome moment between Lan and Hub, just sort of like gushing about how excited they are to have made it this far in the tournament. You mean they're so excited? <laughs> yes, they are so excited. They just can't hide it. Lan even does something very cute and offers Hub to... I know from when we discussed this before, it's sort of presented differently, but in the dub, it's, it is presented as if he lets Hub hear his heartbeat through his hand, basically placing his thumb over the PET so that Hub can feel his pulse. And in the original, it's even cuter because he holds Hub right up to his heart and Hub hears his heartbeat oh. right through his chest. And that's so, cuter. That is cute! And it's baffling. I guess, like, my, my first guess is that, that that's too much affection between two boys for American TV, I guess. Well, American TV can shut up and let boys be boys. I know, honestly. Because, like, yeah, no, that straight up does not happen. At least we get to have, like, we get a cute shot of Hub Hubu with his, like, you know, fists at his chin and, like, really big wobbly eyes, like, just gushing about how excited he is. Oh. Yeah. So, even in the dub, we get to see Hub being very precious. And it's all, honestly, like, almost cuter with his fucking, like, surfer boy voice going on about it. It's fun. And so, not only are Lan and Hub hyped up for each, each other... All of Lan's friends and, you know, all the kids from school, all of the adults there to support him. Like, Mr. Mesa is here with, like, his big flag waving it for them. Everyone is here to cheer on and show their support for Lan. You know, all the navvies are here to cheer on for Hub. And so it's just cute. great. Oh. They're all here to cheer on Lan and not Chod. They they are very much, in fact, excited for him to kick Chod's ass. As they should be. <laughs> you know, obviously, uh, Yai in particular is like, yeah, fucking, you fucking show that guy. Fuck Chod, you can do this. Like, Lan has very clearly already won because... He has all his friends who love and support him and will continue to do so, clearly, whether he wins or not. Chod has none of this. He has no one there personally cheering him on. Also, Chod putting down Lan actually in the original goes on either side of the cute scene because instead of having the this time on our very special episode, it just starts out with Proto Man in charge is dissing everyone in the world. That's the start of the episode? Yeah, the start of the episode is, ah, he thinks he can win a friendship wall. Oh my god, I forgot that! I remember that it was, like, kind of out of orb. I did not realize that they open with the scene of, like, it's the scene of Chad and Pro Man discussing, like, their chances of winning, right? Yes, yes. Yes, because in the dub, it is at this point when it happens. They're discussing their chances of winning. I don't remember what exactly it was. It was either 90 to 99%. Chaud does not have a 100% guaranteed chance of winning, and he's surprised by that somehow. Surprised and a bit pissed. It's so wild, because, like, Chaud and Proto are going on to just be like, you know, well, if he tries to pull any tricks on us, then we'll, we'll stop him at any cost. We'll do whatever it takes to win, even deleting him. And it's like, you motherfucker, you motherfuckers are both in agreement that you will possibly delete Mega Man, you will kill this other Navi in this goddamn tournament for victory. They are heartless. They're so heartless. And another thing that I remember that the dub left out is the start of the confrontation with Yai, where it shows that Proto Man yes. and Enzon have been doing all this super high-tech plotting and laughing maliciously from a trailer. <laughs> 
That's right. Oh my god. Because like, yeah, because then it has they actually show the scene of Chad coming out after his dastardly little discussion with Proto Man, right? Mm-hmm. And then Yai is out there waiting to confront him from a trailer, a lilac trailer. <sighs> lilac trailer she's out there waiting for him and what was it okay uh so he steps out of his lilac trailer he's on the Mm -hmm. steps she runs from at least 50 or 100 yards away just like zooming making a straight line for him (laughs) direct attack direct attack and she told him ah you'll never be able to defeat lan pulling down her <laughs> eyelid like yeah you know here's showing you and then she just walks away her job is done she she's yeah. out of there i remember one thing we had discussed the first time we recorded this was that in japan like making a face like that someone is way more of like a disrespectful slap in the face than it seems perhaps in america yeah yeah it's actually kind of funny because you'll see some people in Japan just putting up the middle finger like it's a light insult, whereas over here it's like, did you just put up the finger at me? And uh, we just see somebody pulling down their eyelid with their finger and we're like, what's that? And they're like, did you just on a baby? <laughs> so yeah, so that's like, that's more like our equivalent of the finger. It's a little bit softer to be fair because kids can and do do it right. all the time. But like by adults, especially with the pulling down of the eyelid thing is like, that's a big deal. <laughs> that's a big insult. It's something that they would know is absolutely an insult. Right. Oh my God, that's funny. It's a very childish insult, but it's an insult. Right. Right, and like obviously in America, like watching it, you, it'd just be like, oh, that's you know, just kids making faces, and like, yeah, I had never realized why that face in particular is used so much in anime before you pointed that out to me. So thank you. Oh wow, I'm glad I could educate you. Now you know how to see a childhood middle yeah. finger in Japan. <laughs> And we all know that Chad fucking deserves it. He does. He doesn't deserve it when she runs halfway back across the open prairie and then says, but, you know, like, I'll, I'll root for you just a little bit because you saved my oh, life. Continues running. He doesn't deserve that, but that is, but that's cute of Yai. I mean, he did save her life and she has honor, unlike him. Yeah, no, it, it, it is sweet of her. It is cute of her to do that. After that, we cut back to Wiley and the kids who are all very bored by this point because they have not had much of anything to do for a while well it's fine it's fine they're dead they're not getting their asses yeah they're not getting their asses kicked and their dad is in great spirits wily is just as hyped for this fight between hub and proto man as anyone else because he knows that this is how he will find like the strongest net navi to use for his various plots it makes me wonder what his plan is in the end but i guess he was just going to kidnap the navi that wins anyway you know isn't that always the question with wily like what was his end goal here His end goal is mess around and find out. You know what? That's true. And we all respect that simple mentality. We're going to get more into it. Yeah. And after that, we are gifted with our one last shot of the CG arena. Oh, we're going to miss you, CG arena. We won't miss your arc, but we will miss you. They get get to to it. it. They get to it, and in the dub, Proto Man has to start with a goddamn pun that he does, like, the Aqua Tower, and he says, starting off with a splash. And I'm just like, fuck off. You're not, like, fun enough to make stupid puns. He doesn't do that in the original, but it's okay. The fight scene is well animated. They don't cut their corners, so, like, good on them. Yeah! And parts of the arena are also 3D. Gotta love that. I don't even know why, but I was very much amused by seeing Proto Man slash a CG rock. That CGI mountain. Yeah, it does the anime thing where it, like, it slides off. It's fun. At this point, like, during their fighting, the arena is starting to shake, which is weird because this is just holograms. There may be something up because it does cut to guys sitting at their... This is true. ...at their computer screens and 
noting that there's a little bit of structural integrity problems going on. But at this point, when I first watched this, I was just like, how are you boys managing to destabilize the structural integrity of the arena like this? Yeah, it's not Rockman Stream yet. But none of that- but what happens next? Yeah, what happens next? None of that matters. Yeah, it's what matters because we get chip slapped. <laughs> And, you know, obviously, you lovely people don't know what the fuck that is. And I'm so happy to explain it. Okay, so there is just this shot during the course of this episode where, you know, at this point, Lan is just, like, hitting his PET, hitting Proto Man with attack after attack after attack, putting in new sli- It's a eight minutes, ten seconds, he's putting in four, five mini-bombs, one after the other. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, like, basically just rapid-firing attacks and, you know, putting in chips after chips, and there is one shot where they just show Lan, like, seeming to slap his PET back and forth. Spent chips are ejected side by side out of it, and I, I tell you, people, it is the funniest thing just to witness, to see. And what makes Chip Slap even greater is that the second opening for this first season, they have that clip as the last shot they show for the dub opening before it, you know, opens to the show title. So we get to see it again and again. And again. And Scob can attest to, like, ways he's experienced it to oh. even further elevate the humor of Chip Slap. The best way to experience <laughs> Chip Slap is to watch a probably ill legal upload of the second opening onto YouTube at 420p (laughs) or 144p mirrored rotated 15 degrees vignetted with a difference of light and dark in shading sort of like the spotlight (laughs) set up to 1.5x speed but not on purpose that's just how it was uploaded okay hold on hold on hold on hold on the rotated 50 50 degrees one 15 just a little tiny bit i don't know if you've mentioned that one or if i've heard of that or that's new to me (laughs) i didn't know that was a thing you just you gotta i mean it's either that or you have to put it inside of a little uh photo frame sometimes they do that instead it's great. It's the only way to watch Chip Slap. It's the only way to watch the opening. And Metal has been absolutely remiss by not watching it that way. Like, If you're going to watch the dub, you got to watch it at 144p. I, I, I guess I can concede to, to Scob and to recommend all of you to perhaps watch one episode like this on YouTube. Torture yourself just a little bit. It's good. <laughs> just go on YouTube and search up Mega Man Access Dub, and uh, it'll come up. Yeah. Find the jankiest one. Yeah. You'll be able to notice immediately. It doesn't hide it. No, it it, it can't. <laughs> the best part is that in the in the second opening theme song, while the ship slap is happening, there's a lady sort of doing opera in the background. <laughs> Right. Because it goes play back, play back, make a man, make a man, make a man. Yeah, it, it, it's like I said, this is like before it goes to the tile, so like the opening music is reaching its crescendo, sort of. So it's pure chaos. It's so, oh my god. Fuck. Oh. Um, so yeah, that happens, and I might have. I might have jumped the gun a little bit in my excitement to talk about Chip Slap because, like, I think, I believe, like, when we cut to those scientists before this, um, they basically, don't they basically show the silhouette of the thing that's really causing the shakes? Yeah. They don't just show the silhouette, his face comes out of the darkness. Pharaoh Man is here. Yeah, it's Pharaoh Man. He's just a sarcophagus. Yeah, yeah. He's just a Pokemon. Yeah, he's that one Pokemon whose name always- He's just Coffregigas. Coffregigas is an amazing Pokemon design. Mm -hmm. Top notch. 100%. 10 out of 10. But 
this Pharaoh man, Pharaoh design has always like really disappointed me, honestly. No, it's easy to tell why because Coffred Gigas, he's got those big old slappy hands and feet when he walks. Yeah. And Pharaoh man doesn't. He just floats around with his arms crossed. He needs to get more slappy. Yeah. Like, Coffer Gigas looks great because Coffer Gigas is a Pokemon that he's just, he's just a lethal creature. He cannot change these. Yeah. So, him looking like that is great. Pharaoh Man, on the other hand, we look at his classic design. It's it's so good. It's obviously got plenty of the Pharaoh spirit in it, but like he's like a guy. He's a guy with limbs and he moves and sometimes he has a cape. He seems much more of like a force because he is so much more articulated as a robot master in classic. Yeah. Like we said, in EXE, he is just a floating sarcophagus, and it is especially disappointing in the anime. Obviously, the anime can't really deviate from what the game design is, but in the games, he is much less of a big deal than he is in the anime. We're gonna get into, like, the the, the deal he is in the anime more, but, like, yeah, he's obviously being built up He's our next danger, and he, as he is, he does not look very intimidating at all. Though, his voice is nice enough. They're trying. They are trying their absolute hardest to make him intimidating. Yeah, yeah. And in the games, even though he's a minor enemy, just having a little minor enemy that's a floating sarcophagus, that, that works, that works. But yeah, that's... not as a main enemy. No. He, he needs to be it's more a... creature. Needs to be more creature or more classic Pharaoh Man. The other important thing about classic Pharaoh Man is that uh-huh. uh, he punches... <laughs> Yes, that is incredibly important, is that, uh, yeah, because Pharaoh Man has arms that move, one thing he can do is punch Mega Man in the goddamn face. Listeners, if you haven't watched any episode of Ruby Spears, you gotta watch episode two. Uh, Spoiler alert, uh, Pharaoh Man is is the one episode that Pharaoh Man is in, but and he's not even in it for very long, but my god, the time that he is there, he is immaculate. On YouTube, if you search up uh, Mega Man Gets Punched Like a Bitch, that's 16 seconds of your life, and it's amazing. If you are a goddamn coward who won't watch the entire episode of Ruby Spears Mega Man Episode 2, just watch, like, just search up that, watch it, it's great. And then you'll want to watch the rest of Ruby Spears. Yeah, you know what, that's true. Like, watch that, and you'll probably be sold on watching that whole episode. And then you'll be watch- sold on watching... The whole series, this podcast is as much a plug to make you all watch Ruby Spears Mega Man as it is uh, the EXE anime. Oh my god. Oh my god. And Metal Man, Metal Dude is in that same, that same scene. Uh, uh, we can't. <laughs> no, Metal Man's not in that same episode. No, Magnet cool. Dude, Magnet Dude, right. Magnet Man's not in that episode either. Yeah, He's he in the is. next one. He is! You, you! Oh my god, we need to get you watching! You're forgetting these details about <laughs> Spears Mega Man! No, we're taking, <laughs> we're taking, we're taking a tiny little thing. A tiny little yeah. break as I watch uh-huh. Pharaoh Man is awesome dot... Yeah, 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 there he is. Alright, Magnet Dude, give me five. He's yes, no, power! That's in episode three, my dude! I think they're just. I think whatever you're watching is just like the same compilation. But I am telling you, this that is episodes two and three, not the same episode. Magnavan is episode three. You know what? <laughs> Don't you dare edit out a second of this, by the way. Oh no, no, no! This is all staying in, and I'm. Oh my God. I'm on the Mega Man wiki, and you're right. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So. Um, uh-huh. In fact, yeah, back to the point of this episode, which is, yeah, Proto Man and Mega Man fighting. Proto Man and Chod are getting mad. They're they're basically just trying to say that Lan and Mega Man kicking their ass is just from beginner's luck. Proto Man's getting a little angry. He basically charges up for... Is, did they do the program advance at this point? It's a whirlwind, and then... It's... Yeah, it's a whirlwind. It's just a big ol' attack, and Pro Man's, like, has his smomo and thinks, like, totally got him. 100%. I win. And then it turns out, hey, you missed, pal! Amazing. (laughs) 
because yeah, uh, Pub is fine. He dodged that completely. And Chaz is just getting so angry and it's so good. And Lan is absolutely, he is taking advantage of this. He is like taunting Chaz so much and I'm just like, yes, please make him angrier and make him choke worse. But he doesn't choke. Proto Man keeps his focus, and he and Hub have a nicely animated sword fight. Yeah, it is nice. You got that Mega Sword versus Electric Sword, and they're just going for it. Yeah, they're going for it so hard. If you idiots, you broke the arena. It is literally falling down. In 3D. In 3D. It is falling down. This is a destructible asset. Yes. There is an evacuation order given. And at first, like, Mesa is like, oh, what's the big deal? If this place falls, we'll just crash to the ground. And then and someone has to remind her, no, we're going to fall into the this thing is gonna fall into the ocean it's a floating island in the middle of the goddamn ocean and then he starts to panic and it's like mesa if this thing crashed to the ground with everyone on it that would still be like really bad it's kind of different in the originals okay so they tell all the guests to evacuate because the megafloat is sinking Mm -hmm. and then mesa's like (laughs) Come on, we're on the ground. You can't tell me the ground is sinking. And then Yai comes in and says, no, we're on the sea, not the ground. And he's like, ooh, ooh. Oh, well, maybe that was how, maybe that was how it was in the dub too. Uh, but he doesn't, he doesn't realize that they are floating on anything. Oh, okay. A regular, regular wow. ass arena. Oh. And that's why he looks so smug about like, yeah, <laughs> you can't have like traveling to this floating island this whole tournament (laughs) maybe he thought it was an actual island i don't know i guess so I don't know. Like, it's an actual... Because Yai has to point out that it's man-made and sits yeah. on the ocean surface. So yeah. he obviously thought it was just an island. Wow. Poor sweet Mesa. But why didn't he know that? Because he's a fisherman in these local I, waters. I know. Like, it, it's very weird. And it's like, also, there's a flaw in just his theory. The ground doesn't sink. You live in Japan, sir. <laughs> Literally, the the ground does that all the time. Yeah, so everyone's in a panic. But luckily, our two favorite lesbians are helping uh, everyone escape in an orderly fashion. And as the children are running together... They're, like, thinking aloud that, like, oh, this has to be another World 3 scheme. And then the kids, as we have distinguished uh, by their names, are are right there running alongside with them being like, hey, no, this wasn't our fault. And they're just so indignant to be blamed for this. Sorry, but you got it the other way around. The children are the adults and the kids are the children. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> Oops. But I just want to go over a couple of other details. Uh, Because first of all, we all we get a cut to Wiley as well, who is very unhappy with this turn of events. Because now it is it seemingly his search to find the ultimate Navi is being ruined without the culmination of the battle. How will he know? And in the dub, we have a moment where the kids, you know, the actual kids kind of converse amongst themselves to, like, take stock, make sure everyone's okay. And this is when they realize Lan and Chad are not there with them. And I'm just like, you guys did not make sure that your good friend Lan was evacuated with you? No, they absolutely did not. They left them there. They're still battling. They're still there, and yes, so yes. And Rabid and Higsby are too. Yeah, they are all willing to go down with the ship, and like, I certainly respect Lan and Chad both agreeing that no, we're not ending this fucking battle until there is a winner. God damn it. We will battle under the ocean, we will go down to that restaurant at the bottom of the ocean, it's fine, we just gotta <laughs> finish this battle. I, I, yeah, I, I, I super understand and respect their need to finish this fight. Therefore, I respect Robida and Higsby being there to comment through the entire fight. Absolutely. And it continues to be well animated. Like, this is, this is good. 
I was going to say this is where the budget went, but honestly, they just really don't skimp on budget all that often in this show. Oh, no, but like, you know, there's certainly times where they have like more budget than others. But there's also someone else here still on the island remaining specifically to support Lan. It is Mesa. He is here like silently cheering on Lan and thinking to himself how proud his dad would be if he could see this and you know what a shame it is that he can't be there to see it and it's like Mesa it's fine you're his new and better dad now so you are here <laughs> It's fine Mesa you're you're the dad now you've been so much more of a good influence Honestly he's so much more of a better father figure to Lan He's there for Lan every day. He gives yeah. Lan good advice. He takes care of Lan's health, yeah. both physical and mental. He's yeah. a good friend, and he's sometimes a disciplinarian when Lan needs it. That's a yeah. good dad. That's a good dad right there. Meanwhile, his friends, you know, obviously having been evacuated off the island, they know they can't really go back. So they're kind of like, well, what, what can we do for Lan now? And Melu starts very loudly cheering to Lan uh, in the hopes that, you know, her voice will, her cheers will carry him to the island. The kids start cheering with her. And then it seems like the, we hear like the whole crowd cheering for Lan specifically. And again, it's just so satisfying. Everyone is here for land no one is cheering on chad it's beautiful the entire crowd all for land yeah and rock man i mean and, Mega man. Uh, yes of course of course my note taking was a mess just because i was just so delighted because it is at this point that chad is finally conceding and admitting to himself they might win this they might bitch and then Proto Man and Mega Man turn into balls of light, yes! and then they combine into another sun. Yes, they straight up fight so hard they form a nebula in the middle of the crumbling arena, which then turns into a pillar of light that is apparently more glorious than the visage of God Himself, because everyone that is there witnessing it is comments just on how beautiful the light is, how moving, how emotional it makes them feel. It, it goddamn sends them, like, I think, like they say, it nearly brings them to tears, which is, it's just... Absolutely. Even the children are impressed. They're like, oh, yeah, truly the victory is for the kids, and Zap's all lit up, too. It's so yeah. powerful that it's causing his suit to light up and glow. Yeah. Chad also is finally, like, recognizing that it is Lan's friends that give him so much strength. He is only just now getting it because he is such a goddamn loner loser. However, unfortunately, this is when Lan kind of fucks up in my eyes. Because at this time, he's like, we gotta just finish this. And he says very much aloud, and clearly for Chaud to hear him, that it is time to do the program advance. And as a fighter, sometimes, as a virtual fighter, I am very disappointed that he would so obviously project his final move. Well, I mean, it is an anime. It is an anime, but it, make, it just makes me mad because it's like, yeah, he says it, and then Chad is immediately able to be like, oh, well, then I'll do the program advance because, like, what else are you gonna do to, like, counter it? If this wasn't an anime, if Lan was a less honorable man, rip to him, but I'm different. If I was there, I would have just not said a goddamn word, done the program advance before Chad saw it coming, and win. There you go. I mean, sure. Yeah, but you have to remember that Chot, they were both only left with three chips in their possession at the end. So Program Advance, which they had both been saving for the end, was the only thing that either of them could do. I I mean, I guess, but still. Lan could have just, like, snuck those chips in, done it, boom, is all I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. I only note that because I love that he says, I have... Three chips and zero plan. <laughs> that is very good, though. Okay. 
So yeah, so basically they do the program events at the same time, making their beacon of light even stronger. And Higsby is just like double program advance across the sky. Oh my god, it's so intense. I hurt physically to do that joke. So yeah, uh, the light finally fades out. And unfortunately, it is Mega Man who falls. You enter into a tournament arc and your guy is always going to win. But nope, not in this one. Nope, nope. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's fair. I guess they were evenly matched, you know? Nothing will make me say that Chad deserves this victory, though. Nothing. Yeah, so... Because, you know, friendship is the real winner yeah. here. And, oh, it's so it's so sweet and sad because, like, Mega Man is there on the ground kind of trying to apologize to Lan, and Lan's just like, no, please, don't be sorry. I'm so proud of you. And it's just, it's so cute. Yeah. He's just walking up to that hologram and pounding his hands on the edge of it like, it's okay. You know what? Though Cha doesn't deserve the victory, Protoman is at least being nice enough to express that he too is imp- very impressed with the fight that Mega Man put up and step up to offer him a hand to help him back up. It's so gentlemanly, he's actually being a good sport. Yeah, and it's just a shame. And then Pharaoh Man just sends in an orbital laser. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. We straight up have this, we we have this nice moment, very much interrupted by, what you say? Mm, that you only meant well, well, of course you did, what you say? Yeah, it's a fucking orbital laser sniper shot, aimed for Proto Man as the winner, but... Mega Man pushes him aside and takes the hit, and he utters deletion and disappears. And I am just, at, like, at when I first saw this, like, you know, I knew it was coming, but I was still just as devastated the very first time. Honestly, I had forgotten that this happens. You, oh my god! So at the time, I was like, whoa, I thought this didn't happen. Yeah, no, and... Whoa. Lan is so upset, and Ferroman has to, like, you know, rub a little salt in the wounds, like, declaring that now that he has wiped out Mega Man, he will take his place as the most powerful Navi between the emotional moment and, you know, again, Ferroman not being as cool, I'm just trying to tell him to shut the fuck off and kind of just give us a moment here! <sighs> That's that episode. Yeah, well, no, the episode isn't quite over yet, because we have first, um, Todd being very nervous, and, you know, doing the smart thing, and pulling his boy out immediately before Ferroman can do the same thing. With Ferroman's appearance, Wily is just like, oh, fuck, this is my new son now. That's right. He's he's got his sights set on adoption, but um for the wrong boy. But Lan is so distressed that Mesa has to carry Mega or carry Lan out of the falling arena while Lan just looks hollow. He's completely emptied, despondent, catatonic as he's being yeah. away on a helicopter. And you know what? Yeah, yeah. We all feel it. In the dub, you know, they give us a pretty raw scream from Lan. Oh, same, same. He gets all the screams. And that is, yes, that is the episode. That's it. He's dead. (sighs) So this is going to be a short one, folks. Uh, We have one more more episode left this season. Because, you uh-huh. know, uh, Mega Man's dead, so... Okay. Mega Man is completely dead. He's dead, so we can sum it up real quickly. What happens in the next episode is... Okay, there's this guy called Dr. Regal. He's another one of Wily's sons, and then he comes around, but there's also this giant asteroid coming around a space called and There's also Laika, and they team up, and then it turns out that they're not going to be targeted around an entire mirror world. Yeah. 
So hold on. Before we get to that, we have some lore to get into at the start of this next episode. We open up to scientists murmuring about the legacy of one Dr. Hikari. No, not Dr. Yuichiro Hikari, but who is truly the Battle Network's Dr. Light. He's Ambassard. He is Ambassard. Like, it's, 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 you, it, it is surprising for those who are not familiar with Battle Network, but he is a bastard, and we open with, um, you know, like, yeah, Murring's that something that Dr. Hikari made is afoot here. You don't say! You know, if you are familiar with uh, Mega Man Battle Network, you know that a theme a theme to Dr. Hikari is Humorous abuses. Yeah, but also uh, eldritch horrors that are buried deep within the net. Yes. Both of them happen at the same time, usually. Yes, exactly. So we're getting hints that Pharaoh Man might be at the center of such bad times and bad ideas. After our opening scene, we cut to Dr. Wiley and his children. And his children are very much eager to, you know, help him with his new plan of absconding and adopting Pharaoh Man for himself. Unfortunately, he does not trust his children the least bit. Yeah, this is the Navi that defeated the Navi that defeated all of them. He just does not trust them. He's also replaced the giant portrait of himself with the giant portrait of Pharaoh Man. Yeah, fuck. For obvious reasons, he doesn't trust his kids to be of any help and so he reveals that he has basically created a whole new net navy army of many copies of recolored blaster man and stone mans like a lot of them and at first the children are like what how would you make so many of them and like wiley himself is like you fools they're digital and it's like yeah they're just they're they're net navvies that he made he they're just digital information he can just copy yeah, paste. There, there's no limit he has all of the data and then he laughs about it thank god and it's like you know what it's a, it's a good idea like it's a fair idea to come up with and yes, he's very happy with them. He goes on about, oh, his beautiful net navy army and having an evil laugh. The children are just very upset that they are being completely left out. Father does not love us? Father is cruel? Cruel? And it's like, yeah, so they basically start to talk amongst themselves. And for a moment, I get a little bit angry at Mr. Match because, like, he goes on to say that, like, how can Wily replace us with all these soulless machines? And I'm like, what? You have your own net navy. How dare you? Well, that's dub only. It is? Yes. What, what does he say in, in the original, please? I didn't write it down. Okay. But it was something about how they can't compete with machines that were programmed specifically for battling. Interesting. Yeah, because that's a neat point to make. And they're also very upset about losing Wily's attention, you know? Yeah, obviously. Children, you just gotta unionize at this point. <laughs> unionize against father. Yeah, unionize against Wily. Well, the kids now, the lo little, little tiny babies. We cut to them coming to Lan's house to do, like, a nice little gesture of walking him to school. It's a wellness check. Which is very sweet to, well, you know, want to cheer up their friends during this rough time. But his mom, Aruka, Aruka is completely clueless that there is even something wrong with Lan. She doesn't even know that he's upset at this point. She notices something's a little bit off because he hasn't been eating right. Also, he already went to school, and that's out of character. She knows that something is up 
because like he didn't ask for a second helping of dinner. He went to bed early and after immediately studying and doing his homework. So who is this child? Yeah, it's like, and yeah, it's revealed that he's already gotten up and left for school early. And it's like, Lan seems to have the opposite effect of depression, where when he's depressed, he has perfect executive function, apparently. We first get to this clip, he just shot of a guy like in the middle of a snowfield, seeming to get some sort of strange signal. And we don't know who this is. Except that they did say that a certain someone was in Tibet. If you remember that from like five weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, if you remember that, you know that uh, it's Yuichiro. He still exists. And Haruka is thinking of him being like, oh, if Yuichiro, if you were here, you would know how to help Lan. And come on, Haruka, I know you're not into the whole net navy stuff, but like, you're Lan's mother. You can try to be nice to him. But so yeah, so this is the point when we cut back to Lan, slowly trudging his way to school in the rain. And, oh god, it's so devastating because, like, he is thinking to himself about Mega Man. It's just like another day, you know, I would, if Mega Man was here, I'd be skating off as fast as I could, saying I'm late again, and Mega Man would be chiding me for staying up so late the previous night. He has these vivid hallucinations of yeah. Mega Man doing just that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he's responding to them. It's just so sad. Cause yeah, and then cause like he slows down, and he's like, but I'm actually on time today. Your lessons have finally sunk in, but it's not worth it because you're not here. <laughs> it's so fucking heartbreaking, you guys. Oh. Yeah, it's it's rough. I guess we gotta go boy. forward. We gotta go forward. We do at least like move away from this moment to cut back to scientists realizing, quote, something bad is happening. In the dub, we get a moment of ad lib where it's like, oh, there's something shaking, whatever, I bet it's something bad. And another scientist is like, well, duh. Spoiler alert, it's Fairman again. He's showing up. He's zooming. He is, has got plans. We don't know them quite, quite yet, though. We are still doing a little back and forth. All he says is, I have to go back to the place where I was born. And then I can conquer this world. But next we cut back to Lan, coming home from school and just immediately laying down on his bed, very upset. He has nothing left to live for. He's lost his best buddy. Has he, though? Mysterious A mysterious symbol, symbol has appeared on his PET. And is it at this point where, like, he starts to actually hear Mega Man's voice calling him? Yeah. The boy's alive! And over in the Himalayas, the symbol is appearing too. And also, it is apparently appearing on all of the kids' PETs. We get to see a quick little rundown of all of their net navvies examining this strange CG ring rotating around on the corner of their PET. It is. Like, I like how when Yai sees it, she's like, It's cluttering up my desktop! It's like, you know what, girl, I understand that. I, too, would be mad about this. Because <laughs> it's in the lower right corner of the PET, which I'm pretty sure it's like the opposite end of where the all the icons are. Covering up some of the icons that you actually have to use. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, yeah, no, it's completely understandable that she's upset about it. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's overriding all of Glide's power, so he can't do anything about it. She's very upset about that, and on top of that, it's going around little circles like a loading bar, and those are super annoying, so having yeah, one no, of those like, stuck on your screen, ooh. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, like, yeah, we all get that. And then it electrocutes Glide, too, when he tries to touch it. Oh, I forgot about that, oh no! <laughs> Interestingly, it doesn't electrocute Gutsman when Gutsman tries to tug it off the screen, but I guess it just knows how pure of heart Gutsman is. Or he's just, like, he's just too dumb of ass to get it. But in light of this discovery, Lan is told by his mother that he's being woken up by his mother to be told that someone wants to meet with him. And it turns out to be Chod. Chod is the one who has yoinked poor Lan out of bed to come and meet him. At the start of this, it's actually, it's 
kind of cute because Chaud is very, he is very much at a loss for words. He does not know, clearly doesn't know how to say anything that's not sarcastic and cruel. He's trying, though. He's trying hard for a while. He's trying hard, obviously, to express sympathy to Lan. When he is, like, trying to get out with it, he goes on about how, like, oh, I thought, like, net navvies were just, I thought they were just data. Come on! We know that Chod and Protoman do have some sort of bond going on. Because, like, that's the whole point of how they were able to pick up the program advance so quickly, was because they are in sync. So they've got, like, some sort of thing going on. Chod, you couldn't have really thought that your boy was just data. He obviously doesn't, because at the same time he does say... I understand now that if the same thing had happened to Blues that happened to Mega Man, I would be <laughs> acting exactly like you are. Baby's finally having some empathy, huh? Again, he's still just like very much struggling to say what he wants to say. And even Lan can't believe that this boy is trying to say something supportive. And Yeah, he starts out the scene with Lan going up, okay, so did you call me out here just to make fun of me, bitch? Yeah. That, that's the correct initial response. No one would blame Lan for not thinking that Chad had the best intentions because he has certainly been acting like a fucker. We cut back to Pharaoh Man, finally declaring that it is intention to completely take over the Internet of Things. He is going to connect and control everything that the Internet is connected to. <laughs> he says that he is doing this out of revenge. And this is why we can't let Elon Musk get away with anything. This is what would happen. Yeah. When he declares his revenge, I believe it is Commander Beef and our masked lesbians. They have a meeting together to discuss what is happening, right? Yes, on a giant 21-chair table where he's sitting on one side and the lesbians are sitting all the way on the <laughs> other side. And there's no one else there. And it is Commander Beef who graces us with the exposition of Pharaoh Man. And this is when we get into his backstory. Because, as it turns out, Dr. Hikari is the one responsible for Pharaoh Man's creation. He had created him basically to be the sole admin. And at this point, Scob and I, knowing how Battle Network be, it's like, oh my god, Dr. Hikari, what did you do? What kind- did you lock away a digital abomination again? Oh, you know he did. You know he had to do it to him. But we do have to have a kid interlude yes. where they are like, hey- Rings. Yeah, they all come together and talk about how, like, hey, we got these rings, and Lan is talking about how he is beginning to hear Mega Man's voice, and it is basically revealed, Lan, you infected all of our PETs with a virus, and that virus is Mega Man's friendship. And now is when we get the full exposition for Pharaoh Man. Dr. Ikari made him into a very overburdened AI. Pharaoh Man was basically supposed to be the sole admin for the early form of the internet. And then he got infected with a virus. In the original, they say he got infected with a virus, right? Yes, that's in the original, but in the dub, they just say that he was just evil all along. Well, no! I, like, it's not even, like, evil all along. It was, I think it was, it's like Dr. Yukari suspected he was going to become inevitably corrupted by all of the power he had been given. He said that there was some sort of flaw with his programming. Right, and who programmed him? Dr. Hikari. And it was inevitable that he would be corrupted by all of the power that Dr. Hikari, again, gave to him. So what did he decide to do? Just shove him off in a little part of the internet away from everything else under lax security, not tell anyone about it so that they, you know, don't keep it under security mm -hmm. and then forget about it. Yes, they make a point to say, like, I think they couldn't possibly get rid of Pharaoh Man. They couldn't delete him because, like, that would just, like, make the entire internet structure fall apart. Yes, he is the load-bearing drywall of the entire internet of things unfortunately. What they have to do instead is Dr. Hikari lured him into a security box. He made Pharaoh Man into the AI in a box. And, like, basically, yeah, he just tricked him into getting into this box. And now he's angry. And it's at this point, some of you fans might be noticing some parallels here. They lost me for 
without me. Made the internet with parts of him. This is Proto Man's actual destined role. This is the actual equivalent to classic Proto Man's backstory. If you're the one, he caught his son, then what am I supposed to be? It floors me when I think about it, honestly. How goddamn cool would it be if this was ProtoMan.exe's role in the series? It is such a goddamn shame because you know that the way that this world is set up, the way these characters are, we have to have a shonen rival for Lan and Mega Man. There's no reason that the shonen rival can't also be an Eldritch Abomination that was locked up and forgotten. That's what we call backstory. That's what we call character motivation. But, like, I don't think ProMan.exe, he can't be both the proto-first NetNavi and also Chod's little lackey. He can't. Yes, he can. He can. I'll tell you how. Mm-hmm. This will uh, require Chod to be a lot cooler than Chod is, but what if Chod found him where he was locked away? Oh, yeah. And then was like, yo, yo, I hate the system. Do you hate the system? Yeah, I hate the system. Let's hate the system together. Or maybe he saw something special in little Chod. We're going to learn about how they got on when Chod was a baby later. But it could be done. And it would have made Proto-Man even cooler. Yeah, you know what? I was wrong. I was thinking as narrow-mindedly as the show writers. Because they think Proto-Man can only be this one-note rival character. If they thought that they had to have those be two separate things, they couldn't both be Proto-Man, who else can be Mega Man's rival? Listen, I was going to say base, but that's, uh, we're going to get to base, don't worry. Yeah, maybe base, again, that would still require Chod to be a whole lot cooler, but as we will find out, the role that base does have I kind of wouldn't want to take it away from him. I wouldn't change it for anything. The only thing I'd ever do to Bass's role is include more of his game backstory. That's the only thing I'd ever yeah. do. Oh yeah, we'll get into that. But really, the Pharaoh Man thing could have combined with the Proto Man thing just perfectly. You'd understand why he's so angry at Mega Man too, because if he sees... Oh, oh, so this is the Navi that Dr. Hikari and his entire family wants to interact with, huh? This one? Yeah, God, it could could have been so good, y'all. But instead, we put the pussy in the circle, Mago Brabopus. Though, I will say, the whole idea is that Pharaoh Man was basically reawakened and able to come out of his box, freed by the power of Proto Man and Mega Man's battle. And I will say, knowing what comes later in the anime and... His soul awakens, but to what? Yes, exactly. Put a little pin on our mentioning of base and just know that is actually, in fact, very fitting for Pharaoh Man to be awakened by a very heated battle between two navvies. <laughs> After we get the Fairman exposition, we have rampant destruction. We have rampant destruction before the rampant destruction. He, Fairman, makes himself a nice CG pyramid. It is a kick ass pyramid. We get to see the interior of it and everything from his position within it. It's a very nice pyramid. It's a pyramid, and not only that, it is on a giant golden lake, and there are floating electricity obelisks. It's it's cool as hell. And then there's just locusts. Real-ass locusts. Not robot locusts. Real locusts. Yeah. They're CGI, though. Yeah, they are CGI locusts. And in fact, in the dub, we get some fantastic ad-libbing. It cuts to a plane, and we have the plane's pilot saying, If you look out the left, you'll see a rampaging swarm of locusts. <laughs> It's so good. And the pilots are very much distraught, and one of them gives another great bit of ad-libbing by saying, I must have missed when they taught locust attacks in pilot school. You also missed it when they were teaching you to read the Bible when you went to Catholic school. I'm assuming you went to Catholic yeah. school, pilot. I guess so. At this point, I see a swarm of locusts, and I'm like, oh my god, Pharaoh Man, are you going to create the plagues in real life? But... No, it's kind of more like generic wanton destruction. So it's like a little bit disappointing, but like he's really fucking things up in the real world. You know, the great plagues of Egypt were first the swarm of locusts, then the giant avalanche, oh. and then the power blackout. 
The god said, let my people Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> so yeah, no, he's he's definitely creating some things that would be really bad in the real world. Meanwhile, you know, we still got the kid trying to figure out what to do with these spinning rings on their PTs. At this point, they get the idea to like physically connect their PTs together. I don't really know why they are opening the back of their PETs to show the green motherboard and then deciding to link them together physically like that with a copper wire. Yeah. Game Boy Link cable, please? It seems like, yeah, there's no, like... And they have those! Because we saw in episode one where Dex and Lan were connecting via Link cable with their two PETs together. Yeah, it's very odd. It's very weird that in this world of connecting everything that P ETs themselves seemingly can't connect, like, in a hardware-friendly way. So, like, trace amounts of digital memory on their PETs from times when they each interacted with Mega Man. Yeah, that's a really neat concept. Computers interacting together would have some sort of, like, trace data logged in it deep somewhere. Yeah, not only trace data, but also cookies. Yeah! Cookies, like, yeah, so, like, little crumbs of, of Mega Man's data. So it's really neat for the major plot points of this whole, like, resurrecting arc to be focused on that. And it shows that the power of their friendship isn't just the thing that lets him win, but it's also the thing that lets him live. Yeah. <laughs> now we cut to Wily being very, very enthused to adopt Faroman for himself. Seemingly under the impression that with power that Faroman would give him, he will have control over the entire universe. Which is like, I think you're you're getting a little uh, ahead of yourself there, Wily. Connecting to the entire internet of things is like a huge deal for controlling the world, but the universe? I don't know about that. I think you're forgetting the fact that in the future they are going to connect to a meteor. I am forgetting that, god damn it. Also, they summoned the sun. Oh. Twice now. Oh my god. But... As of now, it sounds pretty nuts, and the and the children are like, okay, boomer. They're kind of quickly thinking that Wily's going a little off the deep end here. He kind of is, though. He kind of is, to be fair. We cut back to the kids. There's a lot of cutting back and forth in this episode. It's kind of annoying. It is rather hectic, but they have themselves all connected by the little wires. Mm -hmm. And then the rings start to... And there, there it is. It's Neto. It, it's Neto's little symbol. They've all combined together. Yeah. And they hear his voice. Yes, this is... I was Okay, I was guessing correctly. This is when they are finally all able to hear Mega Man's voice. <laughs> At this point, Lance says aloud... Oh man, we have traces of Mega Man here, but how can we find, like, the rest of his data? cut to Haruka in the front yard holding the laundry. And the TV's like, oh, there's a whole bunch of disasters going down. Japan's going to be next. And she's like, oh no, Japan's going to be next. I'd better bring that laundry in. We hear someone say, you always were a perfectionist about these things. And she's like, oh dear, you're here. Because surprise, surprise, Yuichiro is finally here to help his fucking son with his Net Navi. And then we cut back to the kids who are freaking out over all the data coming together, and then finally Yuichiro shows his goddamn face. Finally appears before his son's eyes. Basically, the end of the episode is like him assuring Lan that he will help him find Mega Man. The end. <sighs> so yeah, a, a lot fucking happens in this pair of episodes, I must say. We wrap up one arc to immediately jump into another one. Oh. <laughs> Any, any, like, last thought? I'm just, I'm angry at Dr. Hikari. Yeah, 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 that's pretty much, um, we're angry at Dr. Hikari. For those listening and who don't already know, you're going to get angrier at Dr. Hikari, I promise you. It only gets worse, not only does it get worse for Dr. Hikari, who we have already found out has negligently won built the entire Internet of Things to rely on one key data piece. Mm-hmm. 
which has megalomaniacal tendencies that he programmed in there. Like, that either he programmed or that he failed to, you know, prevent through his programming. Also, it is his fault. He's the programmer. Yeah. No, it, yeah, it is undeniably his fault. Then he seals that eldritch being which he created mm -hmm. away. Yeah. He stops everything from going to plan because of it. He endangers the entire world. Mm -hmm. We already see that he has done this. He has been a negligent creator. He's made this all-powerful eldritch digital being very angry. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. He's created the angry, all-powerful AI, which, you know, we all know is great, is just the best thing to do in any sci-fi setting. Also, he created the one thing that he was trying to stop, because don't you think that instead of locking something away and tricking it into all that, thus filling it with betrayal, mm -hmm. you could instead, I don't know, maybe treat it with respect and try to handle small problems as they come up? Yes, like communicated with his creation as Dr. Lights failed to do in order to let his creation know that he needs to repair it, but try and instill in it the trust to let him do so. And here's the thing, like, even with the original proto-men that have happened in the past, mm -hmm. there has been an attempt to repair. Mm -hmm. Repair attempts have happened. Yeah. There wasn't even a repair attempt this time. Yeah, no, it's definitely, yeah, like, Dr. Ikari's Trunus Faraman is, like, obviously a parallel, but it's... Definitely worse because in no classic canon does Dr. Light ever like intentionally trap and intentionally hide. He does hide away the truth of Proto-Man's existence, but he did not try to lock Proto-Man up in any way. He did not deny the boy his freedom and he didn't let any problems just linger like that. Not on purpose. An attempt was made. Not knowingly did he do that and then just die. Because, spoiler alert, Dr. Ikari is already dead by this point. With this thing unresolved. He is Pharaoh creator. He's the only one that really knows how to deal with him. And they point this out, by the way. This isn't us projecting. They point out that only Dr. Hikari had the knowledge needed to deal with any of this. Yeah basic infrastructure on the internet of things. Yeah. Like if you if you think we're like coming to conclusions here, please watch these episodes yourself and you will see this is all just said what he did everything. We're just like putting it together. It's the text, not the subtext. And it also leads into something that I will not go into details about, but later on, this is setting the stage for <laughs> one of the most mind-bending twists of the entire yeah. franchise and that yeah. is Wiley really wrong? Yeah. <laughs> You'll find out. Alright, so yeah, I think on that note, uh, we shall depart for now. Hopefully, um, it will not be quite so long before we can get the next episode out. I am uh, I am going out of town again. Unfortunate timing. But hopefully we shan't be hit with so many misfortunes to keep us from releasing our next episode. So, for now, Podcast Man logging out. again. Oh. I thought you were gonna refer to something much worse. <laughs> <laughs>